leave it at undetermined. <laughs> that opens up a whole host of questions. <laughs> but uh, if that's how you want to play things, then far be it for me to to, uh, to argue. Sure, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Sounds like a plan. How was your mm. weekend, Corey? Weekend was good. Weekend was really good. Uh, so, the girlfriend, Hannah, who I've mentioned on the show a few times, wonderful girlfriend, Hannah, is dis, uh, is de- dis- debating if she wants to move to the cities or not. There's a possibility there. Oh. So, we went apartment hunting just to see what the options were. And there was an, ap- there's an apartment complex that is the sister complex to the unit I'm currently in which means I could transfer into those apartments without uh, incurring any penalty to my, uh, my lease. No, normally if you want to break a lease early, they charge you like an ungodly amount. Right. But in this situation I could transfer out and there'd be, I would just basically have to just restart the clock on my lease. So instead of being done in November, it'd be done in like March or whatever. Right. Right. So, uh, we went and took a look at that place. It's not bad, you know. It's a, it's in a, it's they're doing refurbishing, so it's still under construction. So you know, is what it is. Uh, but it's in a gorgeous neighborhood. It's in a wonderful neighborhood of uh, the cities, like super high end houses and and area. Just really f- good feel, good vibes. Well, that sounds but, awesome. But the kicker here's the kicker, my friend. Here's the here's the the best part, if I may. Here's the bacon. The bacon and the eggs, even though she don't like eggs. Uh, like five minutes within five minute walk, like spitting distance. You can see from the apartment, you can see a co-op, which is really nice, a brewery, several cafes, and a liquor store. And this isn't just a liquor store. This is a liquor store. Like a this thing is, store. this is like massive. Yeah. This is like the size of Nestor's there, downtown Vancouver. <laughs> like this fucker is big. And we walk in, we walk around, like, they hold events there, like, trivia night. There's two floors. There's also, like, they, they they offer meat and cheese there. They sell pasties and whatnot. It is awesome. Loved it. We love this liquor store. There's so many great options and, like, every beer, wine you could think of and liquor is so cool. And God bless Hannah. I love her so much. She fell back there a little bit. <laughs> she, you were, we'll talk about that in a second. She, we walk out of the liquor store, and I was like, "So, what'd you think?" And she looks at me and goes, "We in deep doo doo. We in trouble because that's super nice. <laughs> that is that is trouble right there, Corey. Yes, that we're in deep doo doo was literally what she said. <laughs> quote for quote, we in deep doo doo, and I was just like." You're good for me. <laughs> you are special. <laughs> you get me. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We're we're gonna talk after recording today and figure out what the, the game plan is on that. But uh Well, that's great. It, it was very good. I'm gonna ask you how your weekend was, but first I want to hear how that hit was that just knocked you on your ass. Uh, yeah, well, you know how it is when you keep leaning back in a chair that has that little thing and eventually pops out. It just so happened that the timing was perfect, perfectly coincidental for uh, me to take that massive hit and then lean back, kind of whew, taken aback by it. And uh, and right at that moment, it uh, loosened just enough to go flying back. Good thing the bed is there to catch me now. <clears throat> <laughs> That's good. So it's a good hit. What are you smoking? I, well, what I just smoked was some sativa. Uh, It is called sativa. No, it is called TWD. (laughs) (laughs) It is called sativa. No, it is called uh, TWD. So it's right there on the box. Uh, that looks like a brand name, not a name for the weed. Well, you know what? I'm not seeing a, uh, an actual name for the weed, so whole flower like, cannabis? No, that's that would be the. That sounds like the retailer. Where'd you buy it? Also, why does it look like it's in a Pringles can? Good question. <laughs> uh, I don't know because this other one looks like it's a tea bag. Yeah, we've discussed this. Like, what? I don't can know. Dispensaries get their shit together and how they're going to offer. Like, beer comes in a can. 
bottle or a keg. Like that's it. Yeah. So the this is this is the the bottle. This is the can, and um, uh, bongs are the keg. <laughs> I'll or, give it no, to no, you. no, no, no. Joints, joints, joints are the are the bottles, and the cans. These are the kegs. Sure. Let's go with it. They have different sizes of kegs. And for those who are I listening, am... I am holding up the bag of... It's a little... It, it, honest, it looks like a little sandwich bag, but is entirely opaque. Yes, indeed. It's black. For discretionary purposes, I am sure. It it looks like the weed version of what you used to buy porn in. Yeah. Because porn yeah. used to come in a black like slip sleeve cover that all you could see was the title, and you wouldn't be able to see the nips. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, yeah, well, so right now, now I'm going to smoke some um, OS Kush Legendary Larry. Oh, it's the year of Larry, by the way, if you didn't know. Is it the year of Larry? It is the year of Larry, according to Ralph Garman and the Ralph Report. Well, and we should just take his word for everything. Yes. No. Counter argument. No. I see your point. I'd like to play the devil's advocate and say yes. So, see here now. See here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Or hear here now. Who are listening I'm on Spotify? I'm gonna lay out a very, very intricate thing mm-hmm. for you to see here. Hit me, Slim. No. Ooh. Oof. He's got a point, folks. <laughs> like that emperor's new groove like no 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 he's got a point (laughs) oh my god i literally watched that yesterday (laughs) i watched it like a week or two ago on disney plus it's i watched i I watched a youtube video that was talking about how that film was in development hell for like four years because they couldn't get their shit together and uh what the product that we got ended up being like a spliced together version of what they originally had and uh I couldn't be happier about it. I I fucking love the Emperor. The movie is hysterical, and that I think movie has no right to be as fucking great as it is, and it and yet <laughs> it is maybe Disney's best. The one that is mm. not. I I would argue that it's probably one of their best uh, movies. Mm. It, like like think about it. It's so unique. Like it's so set apart from the rest of their. Uh, films like yeah you could say like lion king or beauty and the beast or fucking put it this way i will admit it is one of their best comedies because that movie is a flat-out comedy whereas like like lion king is a shakespearean tale right that's more drama now there is humor pomona pumbo will forever live in my heart is like some of the funniest characters especially when you got nathan lane as uh one of the voice actors oh yeah like you can't go wrong with Nathan Lane and anything, but, uh, but 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 Patrick Warburton. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just that's John what I'm. I'm actually Goodman, agreeing with you. David they, Spade. <laughs> it is the best, like flat out Disney comedy right. cartoon. All the other ones are serious movies with a touch of drama. Emperor's New Groove is a comedy with a touch of drama. Like it's reverse. It flips the script. Hmm. From what sure. a typical Disney movie is, and I will give it credit and say it is the best on that front. Okay. But enti- if you want to bundle all of what like the Disney cold school cartoons all into one big batch, mix them all up in a fucking mixer and shaking like everywhere, and then decide which one's the best, I don't think it would get the top spot. Honorable mention, but I don't think it'd be the top spot. Interesting. That's my drunken then, thought. Then, at the very least, top three. I'd have to sit down and like be sober and really kind of dive into like yeah. the no, roster talking, of we're Disney talking movies. animations, not CGI movies. We're talking the, the all, right, all right. So we're cutting off at like 2005. Yeah, basically. You know, like yeah. of that era, it, that I feel like even though it was in development hell, I think that that weirdly ended up being kind of the pinnacle of what they had been doing a lot of disney movies were in development hell like you hear about that all the time you hear about like what was it people who were 
what was it? The people who are working on Prince of Egypt, like were sent to Shrek because it was in development hell or some shit like it was like a punishment or vice versa. You, you hear, you, I, I, that's not a factor to me. Almost everything hits a development hell when it comes to animation, usually. Mm. But while Graham takes a nice big old hit of that bong and holds it like a pro, welcome kids to another episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. Graham, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'll give you the honors. Well, you know me. I'm, I'm Graham. I'm High Opinions. I'm here to serenade you with the oddest things that you've probably heard this week. That is probably the first thing you've said that wasn't batshit crazy. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. That is probably the most honest opinion I've ever heard on this show. <laughs> and uh, Corey, what can, we what can you tell us about yourself? Well, I'm a Taurus. I have blue eyes. I like long walks on the beach, playing my trumpet, and caressing, caressing Graham's buttocks. Why do you say these things? Why pills, do you speak? baby! No, Why not pills. Why do you speak? <laughs> I am the drunken dastardly host, uh, Corey Rokes. Uh... What's the other? Drunken Dullard? Is that the, the alliteration I use on the descriptions? Something like that. So, by the way, I'm Corey. Hi, everyone. I am drinking Moscow Mules this week, and I am ecstatic about it. Mmm. Moscow Mules are, the, you know, you know what? I'd go so far as to say that they fuck. They do fuck, sir. Corey, did I now, tell you that I recently uh, got a little mixing kit? You did. You mentioned. Yeah. And, so far, I have what it takes to make white Russians and Mai Tais, which means say, did... that I have quite a bit of alcohol to make other things. I just need to find different combinations and different drinks. Well, so, would you like me to teach you how to make a Moscow mule? Why don't you go ahead and do that for me and the audience? Those few at home. Those three people who are watching? Those three Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Moscow Mule typically is made in a copper glass. You'll find it mostly served in copper mugs. Right, I'm, right. a, I'm a cheap bitch. I don't have a copper mug for one. Two, I'm also a thirsty bitch. So I'm making it in my giant glass, which also means I'm making a double. So start with some vodka. We do four ounces of vodka, which in your traditional jigger, you have an ounce and an ounce and a half side. So we do two on the ounce and a half side. Just like so. Flip it over. You get the one. Do you have a jigger in your kit? I do. And that's a jigger with a J for everybody who doesn't, uh, isn't hearing me correctly. It is the measuring cup. I want everybody to notate that. Yes. So... Uh, also, make sure you have a shit ton of ice in your drink to start. Mm, this is an on-the-rocks beverage. Of course. Next, we're going to do some lime juice. Two mm. ounces of lime juice. Mm. Uh, I prefer Rose's sweetened lime juice, but that's just me. Oh, yes. So we got that. And then the best part, because you can fill it as much as you fucking want, uh, is ginger beer. Mm. Fill the glass of ginger beer. Speak to me now. So... Here's the wind-up. Strike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we fill it with ginger beer, and t traditionally there's a lime garnish. Uh, my limes are in the fridge. Let me see if I can reach them. Going off screen here. Stay mm. with me now. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yes. I think that that is going to be oh, a tasty are, fucking uh, beverage. Ah, uh, uh, it's a spark. SMRT. I think that that is going to be a tasty fucking beverage, my dude. Ew. Very tasty. And, you know, we line the rim with it a little bit. Get a little lime in there. Just the lime in the Moscow Mule. And voila. You know, it's so much work. It's like... It's three it's, fucking ingredients, you No, 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 no. Bastard. I'm talking about just, like, making uh, 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 cocktails in general. Like, the thing about weed is it's so simple. You you roll a joint or you, you load a bowl... 
you you put on a gas mask. Any of these things are just so I like how simple. that's the simple. <laughs> put on a gas mask. Don't don't think about it. Don't think about it. Like you can do all these things, and they're so simple, and they're just you know they, you don't have to really worry about them. You I know? would argue rolling a joint is not simple. <laughs> that is true. I would argue rolling a joint it. is not simple. Like all right, all that right. is a learned art. That's fair. That's fair. Now so, packing a bowl. Loading a bowl, as I'm showing to the camera that nobody is watching right now. Uh, loading a bowl is so much simpler because you just pull it out. You load some Giggity. weed. You knock out, you, you knock out whatever is le left over, especially if you use a, a trap, a steel trap like I do. You knock whatever, you know, you were using. You knock it out. You load it up. You put it in. It's simple. You know, it's like grabbing a a can of beer from the fridge. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that what you wanted from me? Hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't. <laughs> don't. You don't have to do that, sir. I was just making a point. Beer? I got beer. I can do there beer. There you go. There you go. Simple. Easy. Efficient. I We have not a little mastered something. the craft of... of putting cocktails into cans or bottles because they're always mm. shaped. Yeah, they are. You're right. Yeah. As in a high yeah. opinion, I will agree with because yeah. most, most canned cocktails will get you there. They'll do the job, but there's nothing like a fresh made cocktail. There's oh, just no equivalents. Like you, if you make it fresh, it's just amazing. So you put in a little bit of work, you get, you get what you put in. You, 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 you get out what you put in. I'm drunk. Leave me alone. You get what I mean. <laughs> Moving on. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was very, very good. Um, very fun. My girlfriend came up from Ellensburg. Oh, whoa, 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 um, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the fuck phone. Yes. We got terms. We got labels. Yes, we do. That's what I'm establishing here. I was gonna say we ain't we ain't we ain't skipping over that. Yes, official. That's what I'm saying. Official. My girlfriend asked me after she came up and stayed uh, Friday through uh, uh, Monday. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe I'd be the first to go. Congrats, homie. You may, sir. And thank you. I, I took the liberty. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, that was my weekend. That. <laughs> I will. That's I a will good fucking weekend. I will elaborate no further. <laughs> you know, uh, for we, all the kids at home that are well, listening, will, I'm sure they appreciate I say, that. I will say we did go out and buy drinks for our good friend, Reed Robertson to celebrate his, um, receival or receiving well, that's not even a word. His receiving of Aren't you of, an English major? For fuck's yes, sake. I know, I know, but that's that's the thing, is there's so many words. For becoming the recipient of Yes, for becoming there we go. Thank you, you idiot. Christ. <laughs> and I'm talking to myself. Uh he, Reed Robertson for becoming the recipient of uh a Canadian citizenship. He is now a dual citizen of the United States in the beautiful country of Canada. And, oh uh, Canada. And, Reed's uh, home and sacred land. Yes. So we went out and bought him some drinks, including sh a bottle of champagne. And, champagne. Uh, and champagne. Um, champagne. Uh, uh, and so we had a good night. That was very fun. And uh, got to celebrate a good thing happening after a long time coming. Yeah. Congrats to Mr. Reed if he's uh, one of our listeners. I hope so. We're yeah. hoping to have him on very, 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 very soon. Yes. But that's awesome for Reed. A very special spinoff. Oh, I shouldn't say anything. Spoilers. Spinoff of what? What the? F <laughs> like anybody's listening to the main show for fuck's sake. <laughs> Like, who's gonna go to our spinoff? <laughs> Actually, like, who's gonna go to our Mork and Mindy after the Happy Days? More like, fucking would a, go dude. to the spinoff, then would come to us because yeah, it would right. be more interesting. This will be the spinoff. 
<laughs> Maybe we should you know, just talk like, about it openly. Like, Who gives a shit? <laughs> no, let's wait for Reed to, because Reed is helping us set it up. Let's wait for him to cement the details, because I don't, I don't want this to turn into another John Wick thing where we just keep teasing it and teasing it and it never happens. And then it never happens. Or God of War Ragnarok yeah. and it's ending. Yeah. Well, well we you got to get a hold of your brother. I t- he's got to beat yes. the game first. I talked to Spence. Yes. He's got to beat the game. Yes. So I've been encouraging him. Very. very I owe him true. money. I will refuse to send him the final payment until he does the podcast. <laughs> that's the. I'm holding it hostage. <laughs> no, that's not. Don't do that. <laughs> I've, no. I'm sending him three payments. I've sent him one, so I'll send another. So he'll have two thirds of the payment. But the third one will require his 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 uh, attendance to drunk thoughts and high opinions. Okay, fine. I will. He doesn't know him. this yet. So Spencer, if you're listening. Surprise. He's not listening. We <laughs> can't even get your brother to listen to this shit. You and him are like the same fucking person. You think that like I'm swear we could bring him on and replace him with you, and it'd probably be the same goddamn conversation. Probably. Except he drinks more than he smokes. And gets very perfect. I'll get along with him more. <laughs> we probably have a better conversation, yeah. a better back and just forth. Be drunk thoughts and drunk thoughts. <laughs> and uh, failing to see the trouble here there's uh, it would just be such an angry podcast it would it'd be so awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh no mm. well uh anyway what are we talking well, about kudos today, to you Corey? and your awesome weekend oh thank you very much thank you very much but 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 really the question is what are we talking about here today Corey? what have we come to discuss we can't we can't be here for no fucking reason I thought we came here to discuss thoughts and opinions while under the influence of various substances. This is true. This is very true. This is very true. Oh, um, what's happening I in think, the news this week? Uh, Britney Spears flipped out at some place during her like forty-second birthday party. I meant stuff that we would care about. <laughs> you don't care about Britney Spears? I mean. Yeah, she's cool, whatever, let her have her freedom. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just move on. Well, we enjoy video games. Yes, exactly. Graham, I know deep down, deep, deep down in your smooth, smooth buttocks that we talked about caressing please earlier. Stop, you want to talk about... Please stop talking about my butt. My buttocks, to be specific. I don't like it. It's making me feel uncomfortable. By the way, Morgan dibs. Um, Have fun editing this one, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I know in your heart of hearts, you want to talk about the new Fire Emblem game. Mm, I'm so excited for it. How excited are you? You're not. You're not a, a big Fire Emblem fan. We've, we've no, I'm not. About this, which we've is why I don't this. appreciate you making me set you up for this bullshit. <laughs> but I, but I really, okay, no, but I really wish you like would find the appeal in Fire Emblem so that we could talk about it more in depth because there's there's such an art to it. There's such a strange, weird world that they've created in each of their games. That's called Japanese storytelling. Welcome to every goddamn anime. So Okay, well, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but Fire Emblem is how I learned to read. Like, more complex stuff. Because because when I was like four, five years old, when I was just learning to read, I was also playing that game because I loved the uh, Game Boy Advance animations. The animations were super fucking cool. Like you just look up a video of the of the GBA uh, Fire Emblem uh, animations, and you will see like those are really really cool for like a four year old in two thousand two. So, Christ, you're so young. So I was like so into that, <clears throat> and I continued being into it for years. And it was the way I learned uh, to to get better at reading because before and after every level, there is not just uh, 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 exposition, but complex character dynamic 
conversations. And it's more about the, in a way, it becomes more about the characters, especially Fire Emblem 7, the first game to be released in the West. That game is the, uh, that game was so special in terms of its storytelling. It, it really focused on the characters. You really got to know them. I don't think any Fire Emblem game, except for maybe Path of Radiance, which introduced us to Ike, ever had characters with that deep of dynamics. Even in Fire Emblem Three Houses, like I enjoyed um, the multiple arcs and how they played out and how they linked together, but the characters just kind of felt a little dull like they obviously had their their personalities but it was kind of like well this is our one personality and for some reason even replaying the the older one it feels like they, they that was done better and from what i'm looking at of fire emblem engage it seems like they're going to be they've they're going back to the basics they're going back to the way it was in terms of their storytelling. And I'm excited about that, where it's not so much about a hub world or anything. You're like moving around on a map. You're being able to make choices about where you're going and how you're training and what like what the progression is. And it's more focused on the combat with the, with the story just kind of uh, bridging chapters. And that's my favorite version of Fire Emblem. So I am so fucking excited for Fire Emblem Engage, which... Uh, at the time of recording is uh, about 24 hours away from release or roughly. And uh, when this releases, will probably be about two days after release. So we will probably, I'll have my opinions on the game after we've, after we've come back. Uh, Next week's episode of Drunk Dawes and Hype. Absolutely. We're going to have that. So I'll leave it there uh, and we'll come back to my, opinions next week no let's not leave it there let's continue discussing fire emblem what like for so for so quickly for the listeners the non-listeners who don't know fire Emblem is a japanese role-playing game series um very seeped in that storytelling style of japanese if you ever watched an anime or played another jrpg like final fantasy dragon warrior tales Dynasty Warriors, all that shit, uh, takes weird turns. Uh, but the big draw to the Fire Emblem games, if I'm not mistaken, Graham, is the combat being a turn-based strategy tactics game. Right. Think of it like um, chess, um, but there's a lot more freedom, and it's more based around like medieval weaponry and uh, different classes of characters and you're not really forced to do like chess you know you're not forced to do like chess moves where it's like oh you can only move this way or that way but you can only it's usually within like a certain radius or a certain yeah so uh, your character you have a set number of people in your party you have you know you have an army so to speak Mm -hmm. and like each turn you have you can move one of those characters to another space on the map based on their stats, and then if they get next to a person, another person of the opposition, a battle ensues. Now, does that battle play out in real time, or is it something you can engage in? Um, well, or basically, not engage in. It's just kind of like a cutscene, and you... well, they've always had the option of turning off the animation. So the animation basically. Um, is just what uh, to show you, like, oh, you attacked, uh, they countered, and... But you're not controlling it. You're not controlling the... When you just control moving of your characters, and then you, when you, before you engage with an attack, you are given, like, what the chance of your units, uh, what's what's your unit's chance of, of, of hitting? And it will, if you're, you know, making the right choices, it'll almost always be 100%. Um... Uh, especially if you're following the weapon uh, triangle, which is kind of a rock, paper, scissors sort of thing. Uh, It's swords uh, defeat axes, axes defeat um, spears, and spears defeat swords. And uh, then magic, it's... uh, uh, So on and so forth. So on and so on and so forth. Uh, And like bows will will damage winged enemies as well. Uh, Things that kind of make sense when you... like. 
in the context, you're like, yeah, I get that. Um, and so that was something that was taken away in Three Houses, and now it's coming back in, in Engage. That's really exciting. And they're doing it in a new kind of uh, more uh, uh, exciting way where if you use the, the weapon in the opposite uh, of the triangle, it will, like, break the other person, uh, other uh, enemy, and will not uh, allow them to counter in the same, like, animation. Which is really cool. I like those kinds of uh, innovations in, in in modern games. That's always very fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically like fulfilling that that I that that fantasy of having an an army of anime characters who all have who all you get to like grow and see them uh, go from being kind of lesser classes like mages and and cavaliers and and knights. And lords to being great lords and and uh, paladins and and uh, uh, and generals and sages, and you know they like you get to grow the characters into what you want them to be, and just leveling them up makes it feel so satisfying as you're playing. And so you have your army, and you and you get to know these characters, and you're like, yeah, this is my guy for this, and this is my girl for this, and this is the character for this, and you just keep going around, and you you find everything for you know it's fun it's very satisfying to win a win a you're doing a battle. great job selling it <laughs> excuse me sir it's don't um, don't ever get a salesman job just say so don't go oh, work at gamestop i know but it's a game that i've loved dearly i've played basically every game in the series that i can find translated or not um and for Even those who don't know, if you've ever played a Super Smash Brothers game from like Melee on, characters like Marth and Ike and Roy, I'm sure there's Roy these are all characters from yeah. Fire Emblem games. Yeah. Krom so. now uh, and a few others. They, they've kept adding characters. I, you know what I realized recently was very, very funny about, um, about the placement of Marth and Roy in Super Smash Bros, especially for the fact that this game was trying to cater to both Japanese and Western audiences in 2003. Are you talking about Fire Emblem or Super Smash Bros? Super Smash Bros. Melee. The the choice to add these two characters, they were both... At this point, they had just released a game in the West that was, like, kind of their best game to date, like, best reviewed. And yes, the game before it was... like they were both smash hits they were both in the same universe uh for the first time it was two games that were in the same universe together but they put roy the from the sixth game which was not released in the west into the game and did not put into his, melee yeah into melee and did not choose to put his father who was the main character of seven and which did release in the west into melee which would have made more sense like if they put marth who was a character who had not released in the west and and elliewood character who had appeared in the west that would have made a a more like marketing sense to me but what do i know so you as you as you said i'm a terrible uh, marketer so maybe i don't know fucking shit about it but i mean if they're trying to reach both a western and um uh and Japanese audience, it feels like they they would have like switched out Roy for his father Elwood. It wouldn't have taken much. They look so similar. <laughs> the one's just taller and more gaunt. El, uh, Roy is like fifteen in in six, and Elwood is like twenty in seven. So it's it a, a prequel. It's a prequel. Sure, why not? I don't know. It's. It's a weird decision. Nintendo always makes weird decisions. Let us just establish that for a moment. Nintendo always makes the weird decision. Not the bad decision. Not the good decision. Always the weird one. Yeah, yeah, they're the oddball. Now, is Fire Emblem made by Nintendo, or is it a third-party publisher, or a a developer, and Nintendo's a publisher? It's it's third-party that is exclusive to Nintendo. So they're a... Yeah. First party studio. Exactly. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. 
they're they're great. They're uh, very sentimental to my heart, obviously. So uh clearly. I am excited for Engage. I hear that it like from people already that it's fucking fantastic. So I'm very excited to dive in and it will probably consume me for a while. Aren't you going to school? Yes, and it's kicking my ass at the same time. So I need something mm-hmm. to release uh to like release the anxiety from all the work yeah it's called the girlfriend <sighs> yes yes or you know put your nose to the grindstone and get it done and not worry about playing games how about both I, you could have a girlfriend Four and console. you know and focus on school a little bit just saying. You know, who really needs eight hours of sleep a night? You really only need like five. I get like six. I'm fine. Super high functioning adult right here. Exactly. Exactly. I just got a promotion. Hey-o. Hey, congratulations. Pops the cork. Hooray. Because I can't do sound effects. I'm very bad at it. You can that do accents. That sounded awful. That did not sound... I'm not Michael Winslow, okay? Get fucked. God damn. It sounded like you deep-throated the mic for a second. What says I didn't? Uh, you disgust me. Yeah, I love you too. Uh, I don't know. I've never gotten into the Fire Emblem games. They, I'm not a tactical person. I suck at chess. <laughs> you didn't even it's, like fire, uh, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics I never got far enough into it To make a full judgment on that one But I do own the game on my iPad So we'll see what happens there But like Could be fun I, I, I just I've tried tactical games in the past And I just know I'm not good at them that's fair. I know, you know Or it's just Or it's, you know and maybe, maybe I could be okay to them But I just <sighs> The idea of that gameplay Just doesn't seem appealing to me Because I know I suck at chess So it's like just the idea of Really, all it's coming down to is the strategy of moving pieces. It's not about, you know, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not doing it for me. And it's nowhere near enough to make me go spend money on a brand new Switch game. Mm-hmm. So, That's fair. but I do, you know, I do, I, I've always appreciated a good JRPG. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Tales games, the Tales of series, which are, uh, That's true. By, we've uh, talked about the, that before. Yeah. Yeah. These games. Symphonia. Symphonia is a great game. Um, definitely worth playing if you haven't played it. And they are about to come out with a new remaster, I think, on the Switch. Indeed. Which I'm. I'm. I've watched the previews, and I'm kind of curious what they really did to remaster it or update it. So, got to do some more research into that because it just seems like they're just porting it to the Switch, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But like, how are they earning that sixty dollars? I don't right. know. Well, as we've talked about before, uh, companies just uh, know that everybody is going to buy the shit that they want, and they'll pay, and they'll put the price as high as they can to see who will uh, uh, pay for it. And when the numbers don't put out, then they drop the price to what they think that it will actually. You certainly can do can put a price on nostalgia. Exactly. Oh, oh, so. for sure. Like, aren't Which they is releasing, what you're driving at. Aren't they releasing Final Fantasies 1 through 6 as a collection on Switch for, like, a, the full 60 or $70? Like, but it's the Pixel would, Remaster, and yes. if you think about it, you're getting six games for that, so that's $10 a game. Games. That's true. That's very true. But it's also, you know, 30-year-old games at yeah. this point. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. We are one year out from Final Fantasy VI being 30 years old. I'd rather not, because that means I'm too old. Yeah. But not the point. Was it 1994 Um, or 96? Or 95? I don't fucking know. I think it was the same year as Chrono Trigger, so 95. So we're two years out from it being... It's 28 years old now. Either way, <laughs> it's not the fucking point of this episode. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the Tales games have always like that's kind of my fire emblem. Those were games that really were like I don't want to say near and dear to my heart, but always just like games I've always kind of kept my eye on to play when they've dropped. Right. Sadly, I've not had the most. It's been an equally positive and negative experience with those games, uh, in the in the sense that like some of them come out and they're great. Some of them come out and they're hot garbage. Right. Tales of Symphonia, great game. Uh, if you've ever if you ever watched the old Teen Titans show, and you enjoyed the character of Robin, it's the same voice actor who plays the main character in Tales of Symphonia. Fun. So you get to hear his voice a shit ton. Very fun. Uh, Tales of Exilia for the PlayStation Three was f- entertaining, unique, different. Uh, I love that it called attention to the fact that JRPGs have the most scantily clad heroines in video games, right? Which was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I jump ahead. I forgot one. PlayStation 2's Tales of the Abyss. And for the record, these names are fucking arbitrary and stupid. I have no connection to the game whatsoever. Yeah, they're just they oh. just are names that they they go Tales of. And something. It's it's the same way that we were talking about how uh, uh, weed uh, weed strands names are, are yeah, yeah are just random. I feel like they're aptly named. They're just in the they're not associated with the correct game. So, for instance, Tales of Symphonia. I mean, I guess you could consider it. I don't know if you, if there's anything relating to like a symphony. And by mind you, these are the American names. The Japanese names are something very long and arduous when you translate the kanji, uh, the kanji over and it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense, but it kind of doesn't. But like that game has nothing to do with like a symphony. Mm-hmm. It has a, it has something to do with two worlds working in harmony. So I'll grant it that. But then you have Tales of the Abyss, which literally focuses around, like there's a whole chunk of the main quest where you are collecting parts of a song. And then in the final battle, you have uh, a hymn that is sung by the, one of the main characters as you fight the final battle. Think think like Cloud versus Sephiroth in his head. You know, it's the main character versus the main villain. And then a side character is singing this hymn. So it's about, it's about like the resonance in, in music. And it's about a song being like the seventh element in the world. In addition to like air, water, fire, and shit. So like... It feels like the this the names are applicable, just not to the games that they actually are a part of, but to other ones in the series. Right. But then you have weird-ass made-up names, like Tales of Basaria or Zestria. And you're like, what now? What You know, I wonder if there's somebody out there who has, like, worked out a, a theory that oh, I'm the sure. names um, actually are the thing that ties them all together. And um, how every single game is tied. Well, they, and they are, I mean, you can tie the games together, some of the games together via some of the lore. Uh, so like, for instance, uh, one of the first games was Tales of Fantasia, and that's spelled with a PH, Fantasia. Right. Uh, that, uh, if you really dive into it, Tales of Symphonia is like a prequel by two mil- uh, 2,000 years. Okay. Because at the end of the game, and this isn't much of a spoiler, but at the end of the game, there's a giant tree that connects the worlds, and they call it the Yggdrasil tree. Yggdrasil right. being the Norse mythology right. tree. The, the, the tree at the center of all the nine realms. Yeah. And then the Tales tree. of Fantasia, which, mind you, was a Super Nintendo game, came out like 10 years before Tales of Symphonia, is all about saving that tree from dying. Right. So, like, you could make a connection there, but it's very thin. Right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find the naming convention here because there is, like, a, a, a like something to be had with the names in these games. But uh, long story short, you're you're just you're you were talking about a JRPG that's close to your close to your heart, and the Tales games are always kind of close to mine in the sense that, like, like yeah. I said, I like to look out for them and keep an eye on them, and 
when they become available, I, you know, I'd like to play them at some point. We just got the new Tales of Arise. Yeah, I actually, I have that. I've gotten to play that, and it's super fun. Uh, after playing Vesperia on my Switch, getting to play Tales of Arise has been a real treat. Like, they've really updated and renovated the the combat system in a very interesting renovated. way. Yeah, they've completely renovated it. Like it's the same okay. it's the same system but they've just put a very very nice uh a modern like fit. sheen. Yeah, sheen on it. Nice finish. See, I I'm I'm open to play that. I have the demo. I got to play it cuz you know, and that's one nice thing about the Tales games. Like each game comes out and it's basically the same style of game but with little updates little quality of life updates that just make it a little bit more unique a little more engaging a little more fun but tales of uh zestria and tales of Basaria, which were for the playstation 4 zestria zestria whatever like i said they're fucking weird uh i did not like the combat in those games right Uh, especially Basaria. very very different from those games which is good to hear because apparently people didn't like it and they made changes. Hmm. Yeah. It felt <laughs> the thing that was nice about it was that those other games in 2014 and 2015 or something, 2016, those yeah, games didn't feel like 2014 and 2015 games. They felt like 2010 games or 2011 games. Um, but. Like, this game felt like a 2022 game or a 2021 game. Like, it felt yeah. like of its time. And that was that was what really attracted me to it. Like, even playing Tales of Vesperia, I was shocked to learn that it was a 2008 game. I was like, this feels like a 2005 or 2004 game. Um for its quality and and then i'm like looking at symphonia and i'm like yeah that's a 2002 game like so yeah, it tracks yeah uh, this is this is one of the first games that actually looks like it's of its time i will say you know i i'm not disagreeing with you they do feel a little antiquated but anybody you know the big the big selling point to these games that i love so first of all if you're an anime fan in any capacity it is just like playing through a strong anime where, and I mean, this is true for almost any JRPG game. I'm sure Fire Emblem's the same way. They start small and just grow astronomically. Oh, he, yeah. they. You know, the running joke of any JRPG, your first quest, I need you to save my cat. The final quest, I need you to kill God. Yeah. Come on, guys. We're like, going to go kill God. Yeah. Um. I mean, Tales of the Abyss, which is my favorite in the series. Like, I talk about Tales of Symphonia because that was my first entry into the series, but Tales of the Abyss is probably my favorite. That one starts with you playing a snooty prince who hasn't left his uh, castle in seven years because he was kidnapped when he was 10 uh, and traumatized. So to prevent that from happening again, he's been locked in his castle for seven years. So he's just an arrogant, naive douchebag. Mm -hmm. That game basically has you killing God at the end. Uh, but in the middle of the game, you literally drop the world. You find out in the middle of the game that the entire planet has been living on like a pocket of air. Uh, uh, and you have to destroy the pillars that hold the planet up and drop the world onto the pl- like the actual surface of the world. Dope. I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> yeah, no, that, but that's very dope. It's pretty dope. I like uh, it's fun. Plus, I love uh, the ending is super solid. The story is great. And then that hymn I mentioned earlier is uh, hauntingly beautiful. Uh, Graham, I'll send it to you at the uh, after this episode. And you can listen to it. It's it's cool. quite beautiful. It's very it reminds me a lot. It's 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 like the Kmart version of Hymn of the Faith from Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as good, but it's still in that vein of, like, oh, that's, like, hauntingly nice. Right. So, uh, so, 
Yeah, I like those Tales games. And then the other big draw thing versus like Fire Emblem. So Fire Emblem is all about tactics and moving characters around and making, you know, and playing that whole rock, paper, scissors game. But shit, I even suck at that game, let alone chess. Rock, paper, scissors, fuck that game. I lose two out of three times. So um, I liked fun. I liked the Tales games, even almost more than Final Fantasy games because they were engaging. The combat is active. It's almost, you know, so when you, you know, the, the overworld is the same where you're wandering around and you run into a, a critter, a villain, an enemy, something, and you go into the battle mode and you control one character actively swinging their sword, almost like a hack and slash game. And then you can give orders to your other characters. Like, I need a healing. I need you to attack this person. You can build the strategy that way. And that always just felt way more engaging of a game to me. Mm-hmm. so i i have always loved that yeah. if it's done right there's some games that don't do it right star ocean till the end of time a playstation 3 title i fucking i still have like animosity towards that game because it, it's same have but you, it sucked have you ever tried star ocean uh first departure that's the very mm-hmm. first game in the series it's been remastered and is released on all the different systems and it very i think it's like available through playstation plus um and it's been goes on sale of like for just a couple dollars all the time on switch i hated hold on no 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 so the original star ocean games the original two were were uh, the same combat system as the original uh, Tales games, like the like Tales of Fantasia and stuff like that. So same, it's the same system as Tales, just that old like uh, uh, combat, uh, the old um, uh, graphics, the old thirty uh, two bit Super Nintendo. Yeah, exactly, Super Nintendo style. So I highly recommend if you can find it for free, just like checking it out for a few minutes and seeing that like they i've heard that the heard till the end of time is like the worst rated game in the series i've heard that that's the worst one it is atrocious i've heard that so i'm very excited to try the newest one in the series i loved first departure i have it on switch i've put a lot of hours into it and I'm, i'm planning to put another playthrough into it um it's really good highly recommend very very tales of style fair yeah, till the end of time, just kind of soured me to all Star Ocean games. I get it. I get it. I so totally understand. It's a hard hurdle because yeah. that game. I mean, it, on the surface, it seems fun. The combat isn't actually all that bad. I enjoyed the combat. It's the story and the characters that are just god awful. Yeah. Well, what I like about Star Ocean is that it <clears throat> it is uh it allows you to like play through a game. Uh, a playthrough and have different characters that you p- pick up along the way, kind of like um, uh, uh, cro- uh, Chrono Cross, um, Chrono Trigger, or Chrono Cross, no, Chrono Cross, where you had like forty characters, but it all depended oh, yeah, on yeah, what yeah. your actions were, and you could uh, do that. Um, so it encourages like multiple playthroughs to to see the different characters and how they affect the story and stuff like that. And Star Ocean does the same thing. This was back in nineteen ninety five or ninety six or something like that. Um, and it's really cool. It's very well done. Uh, and it's, I'll give you the basic story. Like, uh, humans from Earth show up at this primitive planet that's nearby, that's like in the Earth's equivalent of like maybe the four to seven hundreds, maybe. And so they show up and they abduct um, some people on the planet who are suffering the your characters they abduct them because they're starting to suffer one of them is starting to suffer um from a disease that is about to kill everybody on the planet that's, that's the setup that's the setup hmm. cool yeah it's a very odd science fiction fantasy mashup totally my kind of thing uh, yeah, I was I gonna would... say these games were the Star Ocean games are basically like what Final Fantasy games and Dragon Quest games and Fire Emblem games were to medieval JRPGs. Star Ocean seemed like they were going more for the science fiction side of JRPG with a little bit of fantasy well, thrown what in. What they wanted to do was like fantasy games, but with science fiction as the background. And yeah. then as the games once it got to like the third and fourth games, it started being much more about the science fiction. Uh, and apparent, and I think the reason the Tales of series 
was so scared about um, going in more of a like the direction that Tales of Arise has now done is because that was what um, Star Ocean was doing back in like 2003, 2004. Like they were starting to try and do this kind of that that kind of like more updated graphics, more realistic looking uh, uh, game and I I don't think that it would they were just not nailing it quite and Tales of got scared and was like let's go for the more cartoony and then yeah they stuck with the cell shading and anime style for a long time but I think once it, they they finally were like you know what I think it's time to go for the slightly more realistic while keeping that anime flash to it uh, which Tales of Arise has definitely done it has that definitely uh, uh, like anime flourish all the characters are super anime styled you know their hair and their outfits and their you know personalities are all very very ap- anime and then flamboyant. very flamboyant very anime very i have to save everybody or i was like you're not a part of this i have to do it alone you know that, those kinds of attitudes exquisite acting is exactly. that what you're saying yeah exquisite acting um yeah. and so um <laughs> I really like it. I think that all these series are fantastic. These are all hidden, like maybe not necessarily hidden. Star Ocean is a hidden gem or a forgotten one, at least. Um, uh, the early, the early games. I've heard that the second one, uh, the which has not been re-released onto Switch or PS4 or PS5, which I'm very upset about. Which I really like it to be. Um, uh, so I am only able to play number one so far. Maybe I'll uh, 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 get it on my Steam Deck. That would be that'd be nice. They're the fun audacity. games. Yeah, they're fun games. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they are. I just till the end of time really soured me to them. I get it. I get it. Yeah, that was that was a rough game. That was a rough couple of years, 2000 like three to 2005, when mm-hmm. I just kept trying to go back to it, and it just never got any better. The story was just Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. It's just uh, something else. So, Right. Yeah, I wouldn't call these hidden gems, but I'd definitely call them more like deeper gems. You know, for those who don't know the gaming industry, all that intimately, you know, these are, you know, everybody, almost everybody's heard of Final Fantasy, but I don't think many people have heard of Fire Emblem or Dragon Quest or Tales. And there's a couple others in there. I'm sure we forgot. Oh yeah, but, of course. There's so many. Uh, I mean, Japan just cranks out. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Dragon Age, really. But um, how much Dragon? Well, those Age are those are that's a newer one. Not really. Dragon Age has been around since uh, the same time as Final Fantasy. I think. Dragon Age or Dragon Quest? Sorry, Dragon Quest. That's what I meant say. to say. Dragon well, there Quest. is Dragon Age games too. Yes, I so know, I know. I was thinking Dragon Quest. Yeah. I said Dragon Age. Dragon Quest games. Dragon Quest games. How much Dragon Quest have you played? Uh so my buddy Claremont and I played the first like third of Dragon Quest Eight on the PS2, Journey of the Cursed King, when that first came out. Uh in fact, his username on some characters is still Yangus, which is the name of like the big like buff dude who kind of reminds me of nick frost oh, right <laughs> uh, like characteristics of nick frost but he's like a big like hulky he's your tank at the beginning of the game basically it's yeah. your your silent protagonist and then this dude who's like your hulking tank uh named yangus so my buddy still uses it that like for character names when he like plays like dark souls or bloodborne or something right um we played like the first third of that game together and that was a lot of fun they're very fond of fantasy turn-based strategy but with the more cel-shaded graphics a lot of fun i i enjoyed them for sure and if i had a lot more time to devote it to playing video games i'd probably be a lot more into them Mm -hmm. it's just any jrpg you're looking at like a 40-hour commitment no matter which game it is yeah speaking of like huge time commitments in games uh i've always wanted to and i own the first one on on switch i've always wanted to play through the xenoblade uh games but God, like hundreds of hours to to get through it. I heard the newest one takes like fifteen hours just to get out of the like pseudo tutorial, which is like Persona yeah. 5. Good luck with that. It's like that's like Persona Five right there. Yeah, 
That's again why I don't get into a lot of these games. Like you have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And I love Final Fantasy and I like Tales, and that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah. Um, but uh, eight, I really enjoyed Dragon Quest Eight. I have it for my DS. I've played through a little bit of it as well, where they like fully voice acted everything mm-hmm. and they updated some stuff. So that's fun. But uh, yeah, have you played those were the 11? games that competed? No, I heard Eleven was really good though. I've played a little bit of it. I played like the first probably six or so hours. Um, it's a fun game. It's actually a very well done game. It's a modern version of the original game. Like they, they did a pretty good job of like taking the original concept and how where it goes and just translating it into a modern game. And I mean, giving it was... you the option to play it as, as a classic 2D uh, 2-bit game. It does? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you can play it in two different ways. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Which it's means unique. it's unique because it, when you're playing it in like third person, when you're playing it in modern in modern style, you can jump and shit. But in the uh, uh, 2D version, you're... Just a sprite. Yeah, you're just a sprite. So there's no jumping. So there's like different ways to do different things. In the d- different versions, I've been mostly I've mostly played in the uh, uh, normal or in the like standard like three D updated regular updated version of it because you know that's what modern C, um, but I do appreciate that that's there because I I do like those old graphics you know me it is kind of I don't know games that do that I it's a gimmick for sure but it is it can be kind of fun yeah uh, and it's nice that they put in the time to not only make a good game but um, make it twice. Yeah, I mean, and I they there it was reported that Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was like developed in the original 8-bit style originally. They That's cool. Yeah, like when they when they mapped out the game and they planned it, they they used the like OG graphics that's to kind of plan it. If you ever seen that, that's really cool. With a whole team as big as theirs, it probably took them a week. Yeah, well, it was like <laughs> okay. Here's the map. Here's like the enemy placement. Exactly. Here's this. It was. It's it's pretty cool to go look at. If you ever go for like look at like a behind the scenes making of Breath of the Wild, you'll see screenshots right. of an eight bit Breath of the Wild. It's really cool. Yeah. Um. But then you got games uh that can switch back and forth like uh, Halo Combat Evolved, uh, the Master Chief Collection. When you're playing through the original Halo. As you're playing, you can literally hit one button and the screen fades out and fades back in and it's the old school graphics. And then you can press it again and reverse it. So you can literally, while you're playing, change the graphic style to what used to be versus what is now and see 20 years of difference. And it's insane. And it's so cool. I'm such a fan of that kind of crap. Yeah. Just to see how far we've come. And, And then if you're like me and you're old as fuck you get that nostalgia factor too. Like, you know, I remember playing the original Halo on my Xbox back in 2000, you know, two, 2003. Mm -hmm. And to be able to play that game again today and then see those graphics and see how far we've come is just like, holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. So I totally agree. I remember when I first played Halo Combat Evolved and I, uh, because I played it on Xbox 360 with the updated version. Um, and I remember seeing, like I had that option and I kept, in every level I would keep <clears throat> switching between just cause I, I loved getting to appreciate how far we'd come at that point. And of course they've updated it at this point for the Xbox um, yeah. one series X and S like that's I've, I, the Halo game I really grew up on was two. And so I really, I went, recently played that um, with the option to that's switch got, between graphics. Like, yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> that's whole like, wholly redone the the textures are really fucking good on that so yeah Yeah. see it's insane how far we've come like i remember playing morrowind and thinking like this was super realistic right you know and the the funny thing is that there's there's a i need to i need to jump into this there are some wonderful um people who have uh uh taken the um extras from like the script of Morrowind and started and like completely completed the actual region because Morrowind actually takes place on the island of Ardenfell, but there's a whole other part of Morrowind as well. And that was scrapped from the uh, final game because it was just too much. But 
fans are going to go into the script files and find it and they finished it and you know and have put it out there and i really need to like uh update the game's graphics and go and play that because uh i've done it before and just not committed but it's very all on you bro yeah i know i i will i will do it to talk about it on here that'll be riveting stuff i'm quite sure but for now let's call it a week let's call it a week Corey, where can we find you if uh, people are just like hungry to to consume more of your content? Maybe hear your voice if you do anything else, or I don't know what you get up to. What do you do with your life? Caress your buttocks. Will you stop that, sir? <laughs> Callback. HR. HR. <laughs> Where's HR? Bitch, I am the. I am the. President and CEO of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions, I own you and your buttocks. We will, my agent will be in touch. All right, fair enough. I I am still cranking out videos like it's my job at Delcor Systems because that is my job uh, as the official marketing videographer, creating content for our wonderful company of packaging systems. Um, you can check, you know, some of that out uh, at uh, my website which the link is way too long and complicated to recite here. So I'll just give you my username uh, for Facebook and Instagram. And my website is uh, posted on those profiles. So you can find me on either social media website at Roxyboy, R-O-K-E-S-Y-B-O-Y. And all my, I don't want to say antics. It's pretty clean. I keep it pretty fucking tame because, you know, it's social media. So this is where you can really see the, the real me. Right. Uh, social media is a lie. Shh. Don't tell anybody. But what about you, G Man? Well, you can find my. Uh, I'm a writer, as you know. And so you can find my writings at uh, mad Tell about your English. Yeah, exactly. I English good, you know. You English um, good. What was that website again? My website is mad musings.com, where you can find my short stories, uh, some photographs, along with some shorter stories, you know, just a few hundred words or so. Um, I got some scenes from plays, plays, poetry, the likes. Uh, I haven't been able to update it. I have been absolutely swamped with school. Today, I was, I've worked for about nine hours, and I'm probably going to jump back into it after we're done recording. So I don't know when I'll be able to uh, update my website next, but an update is coming in the next few weeks, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, you can find me at, on Instagram at outrageous underscore creation. Not that I really post anything, but you know, very occasionally I'll. I'll start nagging story. you about sharing this show more. Okay. Once I start sharing it as well. Right. That'll happen. That, at some point. Moving on. Anyway, that concludes our show for the week. I have been <laughs> awkward your silence. High opinions. I have many. And as we close out for this wonderful week of commiseration and celebration, uh, I shall load up a bowl, which is so much easier than mixing a cocktail or rolling a joint or anything else. It's just so, so simple. And I shall bid thee adieu. Well, for all those who can't smoke a bowl because they're asthmatic and their lungs hate them. Yes. I will speak for the livers of the group. Strength, endurance, and power, my friends. But for now, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week on Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. I'm Corey. He's Graham. Cheers, everybody. Sweet, sweet buttocks. You need to stop that, sir, or I'm getting (laughs) HR involved.